What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Lakers Outsiders uh, Playoff Series Preview podcast and stream. Uh, I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me as always is my good pal, Hani Amadian. Hani, we got through the play-in games. Now it's officially big boy basketball, and we get a full playoff series. How, how amped are you for it? Well, listen, you might have thought it was officially time for uh, big boy basketball right after the play-in. What really triggered my mind to remind me that that is happening is uh, the Clippers losing game one to the Mavericks (laughs) just before we got on here. Uh, Just You you love to see it. You really do. Yeah. Um, You know, can't really say much else at this point. (laughs) It's one game. I'm not going to get too excited, but uh, did enjoy watching that. I did enjoy watching that today. So, uh, you know, maybe the basketball gods... Maybe uh, they're they're looking down on the Clippers and uh, giving them a, a bad look. Well, who knows? But a uh, lot a lot of basketball to play, obviously. But Ani, like you said, that was uh, that was a joy to watch uh, th- th- this evening or this afternoon. And uh, hopefully, we get to watch it three more times in that series. That would be great, and that'd be an all time uh, all time day on on NBA Twitter. <laughs> oh man, can you? I I don't think it will happen. I still have a lot more faith in the Clippers, maybe than I should. But uh, just imagining uh, them losing in the first round after tanking their way to, to playing the Mavs because they don't want to play the Lakers, oof, that would be uh, one of the more enjoyable, fun nights of, of being a basketball fan that, that I can think of. You know how you can avoid the Lakers losing the first round? <laughs> you don't have to play the Lakers in the playoffs if you just get beat before you have to play them. So um, that's what they're doing. They're tanking. They're tanking the first round too. They just want to wait till next year, maybe. <laughs> uh, we okay. We kid. We kid. There's a lot of a lot of series, uh, a lot of game left in that series, and uh, you know the playoffs are just getting started. Really, the first day today, if you don't count the playing games, uh, Lakers will play on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon. I believe that's at 12:30 Pacific time. Uh, so early start time, uh, they'll be on uh, ABC, I believe, and uh, so it'll be prime time, front and center, like the Lakers always are, um, and they're going to be playing a little, you know, an upstart uh, Phoenix Suns team that was uh, very close to coming away with the uh, number one overall seed in the Western Conference, one of the best teams in the uh, in the league uh, in the regular season, very surprising uh, team this year with how good they were, but a uh, testament to their coach, Monty Williams, and Chris Paul, and uh, kind of transforming that culture and uh, they kind of rode that momentum that we saw in the bubble last year uh, where they went 8-0 didn't quite make the playoffs because they just dug themselves a, a hole a little too deep uh, but they've they've been uh, definitely on the uh, on the right path uh, to being really good now everybody a lot of people have doubts about how they're going to play in the playoffs and we'll talk about that here in a second but uh, this is a team that deserves a lot of credit and uh, should not be taken lightly so I uh, just wanted yeah. to get that out there. So they did play the, – the Suns and the Lakers did play uh, three times in the regular season. They did play twice in the preseason. So uh, I said this to Hani right before we got on. It feels like they played more than three times. Uh, but it was weird because they didn't meet in the regular season until um, the start of March. Uh, so they played three times late in the season. Uh, the Suns won two of the games. They won the first one 114-104. to 104. Uh, that game, I believe, was without Anthony Davis and Devin Booker got ejected, uh, I believe, in the first half of that game as well. So kind of a, a weird, weird game there. Uh, second game at Phoenix, the Suns won 111-94. to LeBron 
and Anthony Davis were both out in that game. Uh, so you kind of knew the, the odds were stacked against the Lakers there. And then the last time they played was maybe one of the Lakers' better wins of the season. They beat the, the Suns 123-110. to 110. Uh, Without LeBron in the lineup, uh, Anthony Davis had a monster game, scoring 42 points. Um, so that's where we're at. That kind of started the Lakers' win streak that they're on. They've won six games in a row if you count the play-in game. Um, so, Hani, throwing it to you first, what, what kind of jumps out at you about this series, about this matchup? Um, with uh, what we're going to see with the two-seeded Suns and the seven-seeded Lakers, kind of like we saw, uh, what was it, 13 or 14 years ago? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think the main thing is, is sort of echoing what you said. Uh, it seems that like the Lakers are favored in this series, which obviously never really happens with a seven-seed, but they're uh, also very clearly not your typical seven-seed. Um, uh what I, I think this is a pretty pretty favorable matchup for the Lakers, all things considered. But I also don't feel so comfortable with the Suns that that I'm going to be sitting here and saying the Lakers are easily going to win this thing. They're a really really good team. They're one of four teams uh, to finish the season top ten in both offense and defense. I believe they finished with the third uh, highest net rating in the league, behind um, I believe it was the Jazz and the Clippers. Maybe were above them. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, they, they have been a very, very good team all season long, uh, building off the momentum from last year, but now also adding a guy in Chris Paul who can really just completely change, um, the fabric of your team. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there's a lot of little bits and pieces to the mismatches and, and, and different matchups that, that I think are important. I think what most people are going to be looking at, and I agree is probably the biggest part of this is. How are the Suns going to guard LeBron and Anthony Davis? Um, We haven't seen a full-strength Lakers team against the Suns this season, so it's really hard to say exactly what the game plan is going to be. Um, LeBron, in the one game that he played against them, he mostly got guarded by Jay Crowder and Mikkel Bridges, and and he also went off in that game. He had 38 points and six assists. Um, AD, in the one game that he played, got guarded by... DeAndre Ayton mostly, but also a lot of Frank Kaminsky, Torrey Craig, Dario Sarge. They, they threw a lot of players at him, and really nobody had a, a true answer for him. I think, uh, at least in terms of the tracking data, which isn't very accurate, I think, um, uh, I believe Kaminsky had the most success against them, and I wouldn't really look into that that much. I don't think Kaminsky is the type of defender that uh, is going to bother AD regularly. So... The way I look at it is the Lakers have the two best players in the series by a comfortable margin. And that's not disrespect to, to Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who are great all-star level guys. I just don't think that they are at the level of LeBron and AD, who at their best are top five players, um, you know, uh, uh, conservatively, I think. Um, top three, and they're not number three. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so how are they going to be able to slow down those guys at any point um, with, with, you know, they have a great team defense um, and they have great individual defenders. Mikel Bridges is, is one of the better uh, perimeter defenders in the league, in my opinion, but I think he just gives up way too much size in LeBron Crowder offers that size and that toughness, but outside of just getting under LeBron's skin a little bit, he typically doesn't really have a whole lot of success actually defending him. Um, which we saw in the finals last year. Um, so, uh, you know, I look at it as if these guys are healthy and they're playing at their best, which is a fairly big if, um, 
I just don't see any world in which the the Suns give enough trouble to LeBron and AD for then Booker and Chris Paul to to really take them to wins late in games. Yeah, that's that's probably my biggest thing is I guess the the lack of rim protection probably for for Phoenix. You know, they they have you know big guys on their roster. It's not like they're like Golden State is where they play pretty small ball most of the time, if not all the time. Um, they've got some big guys, obviously Aiton, um, you got Kaminsky, Saric. So you've got some big guys, but they're more, to me, like uh, two of those guys are more fours um, than fives. And Aiton, yeah. I don't know, it just isn't going to provide a ton of rim protection um, like a guy, you know, like the elite rim protectors that we see, like Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, so on and so forth. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for success for the Lakers, for Anthony Davis and LeBron James specifically. Uh, but you could see some of these other guys, you know, maybe Dennis Schroeder can get inside um, with the lack of rim protection, get some shots around the rim because uh, he really struggled in, in the game against Golden State. Um, so maybe, you know, he's able to utilize his speed and his quickness and get to the basket. Uh, maybe Taylor Horton Tucker when it, whenever he gets minutes off the bench. Um, I think there's just going to be opportunities for the Lakers to potentially space the Suns out if, you know, Drummond doesn't play heavy minutes. I do think Drummond can be successful in this series because uh, the Suns don't have a ton of, like, true size to really match up with him. Um, but as we've said a million times on this thing, the, the Lakers are going to be at their best probably with Anthony Davis playing the five, spacing it out, and creating a lot of room to really attack the basket, whether it's off of cuts, uh, screen and rolls, just dribble drives, all this stuff. Um, I think the Lakers can really attack the paint in this series, and I think that's going to be a welcome sign for, for LeBron and, and AD after nothing really came easy in the last game in the play-in game against the Warriors. I think there's going to be some more opportunities um, for them to really – exploit this this Suns defense another thing with the Suns too is three of their starters are very very young and haven't really um, experienced this this type of uh, basketball intensity right and especially there you know it it might be a little overwhelming you know who knows but um, it might be a little overwhelming when you add in the fact that they're going up against defending NBA champions and two superstars um, with a lot of depth around them uh, so a guy like Booker, who's 24, Aiton, uh, and Bridges, are, they're all 24 or younger. So that's, I mean, that's 60% of your starting lineup that hasn't really tasted playoff basketball. Obviously, Chris Paul is going to be ready to go. I think Torrey Craig has played in the playoffs, but um, you know, I don't think will be a significant contributor for for them. I mean, his his role is probably going to be more defense than anything. So um, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how the lack of experience plays out. Um, you know, maybe they, they it's one of those things where they're too young to understand uh, the pressure and the magnitude of the games, and they just come out and they, they play basketball and they play well. Uh, that has certainly happened in the past. Um, but I'm curious to see how that dynamic kind of unfolds because the Lakers have a ton of ba- uh, playoff experience. They have championship experience, and they're going up against a team that, quite frankly, just doesn't, have that much experience obviously they do in you know a guy like Chris Paul and maybe Jay Crowder who was obviously on Miami's uh, NBA final team last year but I kind of think the Lakers have a big edge here with the ability to attack the basket and I think they'll be able to get some easy shots inside and that might free up some shooters on the outside as well um, by collapsing the defense and just the, the playoff experience I think favors the Lakers pretty heavily in this series 
Yeah, and I, I do think that's a huge part of this. I also think you never know. It, it could always go the other way. It could be the Lakers, which we've seen at, at times this season, especially early on when they were still healthy, um, sort of kind of playing with their food because they're, they're, they're the defending champs. They know they're the best team in the league um, and, and coming out kind of slow and lethargic. And if the other team comes out amped up because it is their first playoffs, um, especially a guy like Devin Booker, who, who was just uh, a, a gamer, um, you know, he, maybe they come out and, and kind of just boat race you out early and then now you're playing from behind. Um, I do think that this is a series where, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because they, they definitely proved me wrong with this multiple times last year of what coming out slow in game one and losing and then being completely fine in a series. Um, because of the situation that the Lakers are in where they're still sort of building their chemistry and learning how to play with each other in the middle of the playoffs, uh, that, that kind of concerns me a little bit. I think it is important for them to come out and play strong uh, in game one and, and steal that right away. Um, Cause I think that just builds a whole lot of confidence and, and kind of gets the team uh, in a better position to, to then win the series overall. If, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that if they lose game one that I wouldn't feel confident about them winning this series, but I think it makes uh, it gives Phoenix a, a much better sense of, oh, wow, we just beat these guys in game one. Maybe we do have a chance right. uh, regardless of what everybody else is saying. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think the experience matters, but it's it only really matters if the Lakers actually take advantage of it rather than, than resting on their laurels and, and, and kind of hoping that that'll it'll come to fruition throughout the course of the game right and as as a team that's favored and most people have the lakers favored even though they are the lower seed uh the worst thing you can do is give an underdog you know so to speak uh mm -hmm. hope right you give mm -hmm. an underdog team hope and all of a sudden they start to have genuine belief that they can beat you and then that's when you you find yourself in trouble um i kind of for some reason it just made me think of the oklahoma city series back in 2010 the lakers were the one oklahoma city was the eight but a 50 win team obviously not a, not a perfect comparison um but that oklahoma city team was very very young and hadn't really been there before and the lakers had home court in that series and went up 2-0 um, but oklahoma city punched right back and, and made it a 2-2 series and the lakers needed a, a putback in game six um at, pretty much at the buzzer by Pau Gasol to, to wrap up that series. It was a very tough series for them, uh, you know, and that was a championship experienced team up against a, mm -hmm. a young upstart team that hadn't been there before. So uh, when I say the Lakers have a big edge in experience, I don't necessarily, you know, I'm saying, I'm not necessarily saying that that it means that they're going to win this series easily. Um, yeah. It's just that they have experience playing that level of intensity. And this is obviously different from last year in the, in the bubble where, if you went down 0-1 and you were the the, the higher-seeded team, not a big deal because you, there's no home court advantage, right? Like, you know, you yep. could easily just win, take care of business in the next one. It's 1-1, then it's all even. There's no home court. There's no travel, none of that. That's a little different this time around. Obviously, arenas aren't going to be full capacity, uh, but there is going to be a home court advantage in these series, and that is something that's going to be different than last year, and that's going to be a new challenge, I guess, with this uh, with this Lakers team that they're going to have to face. Obviously, they'll get the benefit of that uh, if they can split or steal both games um, from from Phoenix in the first two, and then they come back to L.A. where there's fans in the stands and all that stuff. And 
Um, but it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because obviously Phoenix has a hatred for the Lakers. That crowd, even though it's probably going to be a limited capacity, is still going to probably be pretty loud and give the Suns a lot of energy. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Lakers, and and they're going to have to be ready. They're going to have to be ready. They're going to be focused, and they're going to have to execute on both ends of the floor because if they don't, as young as this Suns team is, and as you know, as this matchup kind of presents itself, where I think the Lakers do have some areas they can really attack, this Suns team is very, very talented and very, very dangerous. Uh, that if the Lakers come out with a lack of focus and they're they're not on point, they could very easily lose this series. So you know, I don't want to uh, really mince words when you know I talk about some areas that the Lakers could really exploit because. This is a series they could definitely lose. Like this is not a gimme series yeah. by any means. Like some people seem to consider it to be. But um, Lakers have got to bring it. If they bring it, I think they'll be fine. But if they don't, uh, this Suns team is definitely good enough to to beat them and uh, and advance to the next round. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge. And you know, there there are some certain things that that has even an advantage for the Suns. Like I, you know, I was looking through a lot of the numbers today and. For example, something that, that kind of um, stuck out to me was, and, and I looked for it specifically, was that the Suns are the fourth best team in the NBA in terms of taking care of the ball. They don't really turn the ball over at all. Big product of having Chris Paul running your offense for you, um, but the rest of their team as well. They, they do a really good job of taking care of the basketball, and that could be a problem for the Lakers because the Lakers, as we know, they uh, have a propensity for going – you know, through these four or five minute stretches where they can't score the ball um, and having those transition opportunities uh, and easy buckets uh, on fast breaks is very, very important for the Lakers. So if they can't create those turnovers um, or at least run out on missed shots, then that, that could be a scary thing for the Lakers. They might not be able to score it up. And if the game is close uh, down the stretch, obviously you you put your faith in LeBron James, but also, I mean, Chris Paul has done it multiple times of, of winning those clutch games. Devin Booker is a guy that can do it. So once it gets to that point, anybody can win that game. Um, so uh, it, it's definitely going to be a big challenge for the Lakers to find those, those sort of smaller, big advantages and actually take advantage of them um, because the Suns are, are going to be able to do the same with certain things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, we're going to get to the uh, role players here in a minute, kind of our X factor for each team. We did this with the play-in game, and, uh, of course, we both forgot about Alex Caruso, <laughs> and Alex Caruso uh, made us pay for not picking him. But um, of the superstars, I have very little doubt that LeBron is going to bring it. To me, I want to see Anthony Davis be really, really aggressive in this series. We saw him absolutely shred this team. The last time that they met, he had, like I said earlier, he had 42 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Just absolutely dominated this team. Got to the free throw line uh, at will in that game. Shot 17 free throws. And kind of looking at the, you know, just looking at some of the numbers from that last game. Obviously, you can't have uh, some of these these bench guys for the Suns come in and wreck the game like Cameron Payne did in that game. Uh, Lakers probably win that game a little a little easier if uh, if not for Cameron Payne, who played fantastic basketball in that game. But the Suns in that game still shot 53% overall from the field, 44% from three, and hit 84% of their free throws. Luckily for the Lakers, that size advantage we kind of talked about, uh, they 
They grabbed 41 rebounds to the Suns' 32, which gave the Lakers 80 shot attempts as opposed to uh, 73 for the Suns. And, you know, that might not seem like a big difference, but the Lakers also had 16 more free throw attempts in that game. So the Lakers, with their size, helped generate a lot more scoring opportunities. Um, And I think Anthony Davis is at the forefront of that. I think we could see some Mark Gasol in this series, and I think um, this is a good series for him. Really, the, the big guys. Just kind of watching back some film of that that game. Uh, even though Drummond's numbers don't jump off the, the stat sheet, uh, off the box score, I think the Laker big guys were kind of the forefront of why they were so successful in that game. They obviously shot the ball really well. They were 13 of 30 from the three-point line. Um, but that kind of starts with their dominance inside and bringing the defense kind of in, freeing up those shooters and getting them some good looks. And I think Anthony Davis needs to be uh, the guy that we saw last year in the playoffs in this series because it's – Going from the Golden State game with Draymond Green, one of the best defenders in the league, uh, that's a tough, tough matchup. To this team, I, you know, I think he should absolutely dominate this series, and he should get high, high levels of production and really help lead this Lakers team, especially offensively. Um, and you know, I trust that he's going to bring it defensively as well. Yeah, I'm actually really glad we brought up the Mark Gasol point because I was just thinking of that as well. Um, I think this is a series where Drummond can play well. And this was kind of the case against the Warriors, honestly, too, where he can play well and still be sort of a negative impact on the team just because he uh, mucks up the spacing and doesn't let AD play uh, under the basket as well as he does when Drummond isn't playing. Um, I think Gasol can kind of give you maybe not the offensive rebounding edge that, that Drummond does, but at least give you that sort of size down low. Um, be able to to contest some rebounds and get them defensively while also being able to switch the floor for AD, um, do a little bit of playmaking, all of that. Um, who knows how much time Marcus Hall is going to get? Uh, it is interesting that this was uh, that, that game against the Suns, I think, was the first time that uh, Vogel went to that Marcus Hall and Manchester Harrow lineup because he felt yep. like that was a, a matchup that uh, they could do well against. Don't know if we'll see that uh, in the series, but it's something to, to kind of look um, look into and, and, and see if they do bring that out. But I think that's at least a little bit of a positive sign that, that he sees it as a positive matchup for Marc Gasol in, in general. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him even in, in game one or, you know, if, if uh, they need to make adjustments after game one, then, then uh, later down the road. Um, he, he's definitely, you know, um, a guy that I can see uh, swinging some, some minutes, some quarters uh, in the series and, and really helping the Lakers uh, pull out the win. Yeah, Marc Gasol in that, uh, that game that, the, that they beat the Suns came in and it was, you know, watching that game, his, his impact was very evident. Uh, he didn't really need the box score, which he scored one point in 17 minutes, but he was a plus 10 in the game, which was uh, the best for out of the second unit. Uh, he had six rebounds, three assists, and you could just, like I said, you could just tell his impact uh, when he came in. The, the offense started to flow uh, really well. They, you know, ran some plays through him that generated some good looks for other guys. And I look for him to, to have that kind of impact in this series as well because I think he can uh, have some success. I think all the Laker bigs could have success in this series. Um, it's just going to be a matter of how Vogel kind of juggles that rotation because, uh, you know, you want, you want enough minutes for AD at the five. Obviously, we talked about it. Uh, one of our recent shows, you can't play him every single minute at the five, um, but yeah. you want a, a, a large a large share of 
those minutes to be at the five. And when when he's not, Gasol, I think, is probably a better fit in this series just because of his spacing, uh, his passing, defensive prowess, all that stuff. Um, I, I would look for Marc Gasol to probably play a little bit more, not only in this series, but if they advance uh, going forward as well. The other thing is the, the Suns do run a lot, lot of pick and rolls with uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and they do that. They take a lot of mid-range jumpers out of that. Um, I think maybe even more than any other team in the league, uh, though I don't know that for sure. Um, and that's I, I think that is one. It's unfavorable for Drummond, at least in, in terms of the pick and roll, because uh, he just doesn't move his feet very well. And a guy like Chris Paul, I think, can very much take advantage of that. But I think the fact that they do settle for those jumpers helps Mark Gasol because they don't really have uh, a ton of guys that they use their athleticism and just go running straight at the rim, running right at them. Um, and guys like Chris Paul, uh, I mean, they, they will pull up for, for three-pointers here and there. So I think Gasol probably does have to play up a little bit on those screens. But I don't think it's it's um, it's not like a Steph Curry-level player that needs uh, – just a tiny bit of space coming off of a pick and is going to start throwing up uh, uh, prayers from out there. So I, I think it is definitely a matchup where I see Marcus all as, as somebody that can be really positive for the Lakers. And on that note, the the plus minus that you read off, if I remember right, at least in the first shift that he played with Trez in that game, uh, they were like a minus six or something. They weren't very good uh, because they weren't used to playing with each other. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark's impact in that game was even higher than, than the plus minus will show just because that they ran those sort of experimental lineups that, that they weren't used to playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I'm just, I'm just really curious to see how Vogel balances the rotation here uh, because he's got a lot of options. I think he can go to, it's just a matter of finding the right combinations. And um, I guess knowing when to, uh, when to pull the plug on, on certain players, maybe like, like Drummond, if Drummond doesn't have it going, you know, maybe it's, yeah. you have a shorter, a shorter leash, uh, this time around. So, um, all right, we're going to do one X factor for each team outside of the two star players that each team has. So obviously for the Suns, where it can't pick Chris Paul or Devin Booker and the Lakers can't pick AD or LeBron James. Uh, let's start with Phoenix. Who's, who's kind of your role player X factor to watch in the series that could uh, potentially give the Lakers uh, some problems? Um, I feel like it's it's a little bit uh, of cheating because he's still a big name. But to me, DeAndre Ayton is really uh, a big key piece for them that, that needs to play well, especially defensively. He got cooked by AD uh, in the game where AD had 42. Uh, in the game where LeBron had his 38, he got switched out on LeBron a lot and he got cooked by him. Uh, I think uh, I feel like DeAndre Ayton is probably underrated defensively by the NBA fan in large but uh, in this sort of situation where where teams are game planning for the best offenses and they're going to try to take advantage of whatever weaknesses you have um, he's going to really really have to be on his A game in my opinion for um, uh, for the Suns to beat the Lakers and even offensively especially in uh, if it is against somebody like Marcus Hall or Andre Drummond, he needs to be able to take advantage of their weaknesses defensively to get to the basket and, and finish those uh, lobs or, or whatever um, to, to play those guys off the floor for the Lakers so that they can't hurt them, uh, their offensive rebounding or their spacing or, or what have you. Um, to me, you know, everybody else on the, on the Suns, uh, you know, their stars obviously, you know, what they're going to do, but everybody else has a very uh, sort of finite role. 
Mikel Bridges is going to play a lot of defense, hit some threes. Cameron Payne is going to come off the bench and try to be a spark plug, et cetera, et cetera. DeAndre Ayton is that guy that like he he can give you a whole lot of uh, a lot of things, whether it's scoring, rebounding, playing defense, or he can give you none of that and be completely taken out of a game. And I think the Suns' success is really going to hinge on that. Yeah, I would have picked Ayton as well um, for I mean the reasons you mentioned, but there's just the fact that the Suns are going to need good play from their bigs considering the Lakers are so deep there. Um, they have Anthony Davis. They, they have Marcus Gasol. They have Montrezl Harrell, um, Drummond. Like they, they just have so much depth and they can do so many different combinations uh, with their bigs and throw a lot of different looks at Phoenix and, and at Aiton especially. Uh, so I think, you know, he's going to have to play well. I think the, the other two bigs are going to have to play well um, as well. The guy I'll pick is, is Michael Bridges. Um, Bridges was just a really, really solid player for this team uh, this year. Really efficient, shot 54%, uh, averaged 13.5 points per game, shot 42% from the three-point line, uh, 84% from the free-throw line. So very efficient as a scorer. You know, his role, like you said, is pretty finite in what it is. He's, he's kind of like your uh, prototypical kind of 3-and-D kind of wing. Um, and if he is if he's hot from the three-point line – and gives the the Suns kind of that f- good fourth option behind Aiton, uh, Paul, and and Booker, that becomes a little problematic for the Lakers. I think they've got to try and just really eliminate. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to try and slow down Booker because uh, Booker is is capable of of putting up monster scoring nights. Chris Paul is who he is. You know, you know how good that guy is. Um, you can't allow the Suns to have four and five guys that are playing well at a time um, or it becomes very problematic and I think Bridges is a guy that's so efficient as as a scorer because he takes good shots and he capitalizes on the the looks that he gets Um, and you know the fact that um, bigger I guess like bigger wing players uh, have given the Lakers some problems at times Um, and in the last game you know they didn't have Kyle Kuzma playing in that game obviously that won't be the case this time around and that kind of helps in that respect um, so maybe that, that helps as well. But uh, to me, Bridges is a guy to keep an eye on because if he's consistently knocking down threes and the Lakers keep losing him because uh, when they're, cause they're helping off uh, off of him to, to go and, and try and kind of deter Booker or Chris Paul, uh, then it becomes a little problematic. So I'm watching out because the, the three-point defense to me is, is going to be so crucial in this series. The Lakers have to keep the Suns from getting hot from the three-point line. And if they do that, I think they'll, they'll be okay. Um, but Bridges is a guy, you know, I'm kind of watching because I don't know what the status is for, for Cameron Johnson, um, who obviously, for, like me as a North Carolina fan, I know how good that guy is as a shooter. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back for this series or not because he has been hurt. Um, but if he is, I mean, that's just one more shooter you got to worry about. So three-point defense is, is going to be key, and I think uh, Bridges is kind of one of the, the main guys to watch out for there. Um, yeah. All right. Laker role player that we're kind of keeping an eye on. We got some big contributions kind of across the board in the play-in game against the Warriors. Who's the one guy that kind of stands out outside of LeBron and AD that can be uh, kind of that guy that helps propel them uh, possibly into the second round? Well, you kind of blew my cover earlier when you said we forgot about uh, Alex Caruso because <laughs> he is definitely the guy that I wrote down uh, before we started the podcast. Um, Caruso obviously uh, is – always going to be a key for the Lakers. So again, it kind of feels like cheating to pick him as the next factor because he kind of always is. Um, to me, I think defensively, especially Caruso is going to have a, have to have a really big series. Um, 
I think he's going to get matched up against Chris Paul a whole lot, and uh, he's going to need to be able to use his size to, size to try and give him as much trouble as he can, not only to be contesting those mid-range jumpers, which uh, Chris Paul loves to take and can kill, kill a team doing that, uh, but also to block out those passing lanes and not let him get uh, contributions from his other players. Uh, I think Caruso's size is, an, is a big advantage there, but he also has to be very, very careful about uh, those ticky-tack fouls that, that Chris Paul can really draw on people because he's so uh, he's so clever and, and annoying <laughs> um, uh, and able to do that. And, and Caruso's a guy that can at times be prone to, to making those sort of, uh, we'll call them mistakes, just because he is such an aggressive defender. And then offensively, I mean, he continues to get better and better and, and is growing into that game and and you know hitting those threes is obviously the most important part but being able to just move the ball and make those sort of playmaking decisions and cutting decisions like we said the lakers offense is is very inconsistent right now um they're still kind of trying to figure things out and who knows if they will by the by, by the end of these playoffs but he's a guy that can uh really create not necessarily even with the ball in his hands he can just create good situations for them with his off-ball movement, with his screening, uh, whatever. Um, and so I'm going to be looking looking at that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I would have said Caruso as well. Um, he was he was huge in the the last meeting with the Suns because Dennis Schroeder also didn't play in that game because yeah. of the uh, health and safety protocols. Caruso stepped in and, and did his job, man. 31 points, or excuse me, 31 minutes, 17 points on 6 of 11 shooting. Had eight assists in that game. Uh, made some big plays uh, in the fourth quarter of that game when Phoenix really made a run to try and uh, come all the way back, and, and Caruso uh, helped kind of keep the, the the cushion on the scoreboard um, by making some big plays, a couple buckets, some some playmaking, all that stuff. Did a great, great job. So, um, for me, uh, and uh, one thing that that last game is is the game where Chris Paul had five turnovers, and I think Caruso did. Uh, had a pretty big role in that, which is which is huge. Yeah, that's just what Caruso does, man. Just yeah. great, great defender, and hopefully he can keep that up in this series and uh, create some turnovers for the Lakers and get him out and running. Uh, the guy I'm going to pick, I was torn between Dennis Schroeder and the guy I'm going to pick, but I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma in this series. I'm looking for him um, to, to fill that void on the wing. We didn't get to see him play in that last game um, against the Suns, um, but I think that he... I think he can have a big series here. I think with the the floor spacing, I think that the Lakers are going to have combined with um, the ability the ability to attack inside with either LeBron on drives, AD on drives, whether it's uh, offensive rebounds with the Lakers' size advantage. Um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for I think Kuzma as a cutter. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of space to work with because I think the Lakers know at this point that they are probably at their best with AD at the five which allows just a ton of room. We saw some great, great passing from LeBron on some backdoor cuts. And I think Kuzma's a guy that uh, has gotten really good um, knowing when to cut. And I look for his his defense to be key as well. Um, if Booker is having his way, let's say with Contavious Caldwell-Pope or Wesley Matthews, Kuzma is a guy you might be able to put on him uh, here and there just to put a bigger defender on him. Um, yeah. You know, not that not I'm saying he's going to lock down Booker or anything, but uh, could cause him some some – uh, some more problems, I guess, at times, just because of that size and his length. And um, Kuzma has improved greatly as a defender since when the Lakers drafted him. And uh, I look for him to, to kind of fill that three and D role. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple games in this series that Kuzma uh, scores, you know, 15, 20 points or more. Yeah, 
uh, absolutely. And I think his play in transition, uh, I would also highlight as being a, a key factor because, like I said, I don't think the Lakers are going to get a lot of transition opportunities. So taking advantage of the ones that they do is going to be huge. And both as a passer and a, as a finisher uh, in those sort of situations, I think Kuzma has really, really grown and become a pretty good player. And um, so, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he, he has the um, potential to have a, a couple of really big games, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to him, uh, and hopefully he uh, he shines in this series and can step up and be like that third guy uh, to really help propel the Lakers forward. So, all right, uh, before we dive into some chat questions, we did get a few questions uh, that we can address. Let's do our uh, series predictions. Uh, I think I won last year uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I just kept going Lakers in five, and that seemed to work pretty well for me. So. Um, how are we feeling about this series? First playoff series, Lakers Suns. Uh, what's what's your official <laughs> prediction? I I have been going back and forth a lot. Part of me thinks that um, I don't want to say that the Lakers win easily because, like I said, I don't I don't want to disrespect the Suns because I think they are a very very good team and they're uh, going to be a challenge. But I do really like the matchup for the Lakers. Um, but on the other hand. Uh, one, like I said, the Suns are very, very good, and the Lakers are still uh, playing through a lot of uh, you know issues and trying to figure stuff out. So I'm kind of going in the middle, I guess. Uh, and I'm going to go Lakers in six. Um, I think they will uh, struggle through some of those games, um, especially early on, but figure it out and, and probably win the last couple games of the series and, and, and finish it out in six. I I would have said uh, Lakers in six as well, uh, but just for the sake of being different, and I'm going to follow what helped me last year. Uh, I got to try and get get some points uh, ahead of <laughs> ahead of Hani. So I'm going to say Lakers in five. Uh, I'm going to say that they split the the first two, and then they take over the series uh, at that point. In all honesty, my real prediction is Lakers in six, but uh, for the sake of being different, I'm going to say Lakers in five. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully they uh, they prove me right because I, I don't need Hani jumping out to a lead on me. So if it does end up being in five, I'm just gonna keep reminding you that your real prediction was Lakers <laughs> in six. <so. laughs> my real prediction is Lakers in two. They're gonna win both, and then the Suns are just gonna call it. But uh, yeah, so we both have the Lakers winning. Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us. That's no disrespect to the Suns. I just like you like you said, Hani. I think we both agree this is a pretty favorable matchup. This is kind of I guess how the, the bracket really shook out was probably more ideal for the Lakers. They get a, a young Suns team that is certainly capable of beating the Lakers. You know, I don't want to really uh, understate that, but um, if you beat the Suns, then you get a Portland team or a Nuggets team that I think the Lakers match up very well with both of those teams. Um, so uh, hopefully all goes well. The Lakers can get by the Suns. Obviously, that's what's the team that's in front of them, so you can't even really look forward to the second round or anything like that. Uh, just got to take care of business, and it starts uh, Sunday afternoon in Phoenix. Hopefully the Lakers can get off to a strong start. But if they don't, let's not all overreact right off the get-go because the Lakers uh, did lose game one twice last year in their championship run. So let's keep that in mind. All right, let's dive into uh, the questions and comments that we got in the chat. Uh, I'm going to ignore Jacob because Jacob's just hyping you up uh Half of the time he jumps in the Whoa. chat. So why, why are we ignoring that? Uh, it's just not no. important. It's not important. Um, I have it pulled up. I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's see. So Sensational on Twitch says, do you guys think LeBron and AD's health is above 80% right now? Ooh. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I, I kind of wrote this in, in my series preview that, that I posted right before we got on here. Um, I don't think either of them are fully healthy, clearly. But at the same time, they they keep saying that we're good, uh, we're good to go, etc. Anthony Davis made a whole proclamation of "I'm back" in a game. At this point, I think, uh, you know, yes, it is it is a factor in everything. But if if they're the ones saying it, I I have no really interest in uh, talking about it as an excuse or otherwise. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I think they're they're probably healthier than eighty percent. I think they're good to go and you know whatever happens happens see i think anthony davis is healthier at this point and it's just because he probably has i mean he has more game reps under his belt since he came back and to me i don't know i mean i don't obviously can't speak for lebron i don't know how his ankle is feeling Uh, i've heard you know it's still kind of an issue um, to me, I think the main thing for LeBron right now is probably his conditioning more than anything. Yeah. I think we saw that in the Golden State game. There were times he had to check out because he was a little gassed. Um, mm-hmm. And with these high-intensity games, which I'm glad the Lakers got one under their belt with the Golden State game because it had been a while since they played in a game like that. Um, th- these games can be kind of draining on you. And especially if, you know, that was kind of my main concern with LeBron coming back so late. was, yeah, he got a couple games under his belt, but – Getting into the playoffs, I mean, that's that's tough physical basketball. Um, it, it hits a different level than you see in the regular season. So the conditioning, I think, is more the the main thing right now. And um, I think they'll be okay. You know, I think that they're uh, healthy enough. I would say LeBron, if I had to guess, probably around probably around eighty to eighty five percent right now. And I think Anthony Davis probably around ninety percent or so. Um, yeah. Just just a rough estimation. So they're they're not a hundred percent. But I think that they're healthy enough that they can they can have a big series and and propel the Lakers to the second round. So, so uh, let's see. And Sensational on Twitch also says, can, or can the Lakers afford a six plus game series versus the Suns? Yeah, um, I see. That, that's part of my thinking of it going long is that I think they are still um, figuring a lot of stuff out, and I think it. it would not be shocking at all that they lose a couple of games because they just look out of sorts. Um, if, if the feeling is that they're going to be tired in the next round, I, I mean, I don't think that's a big issue. Uh, their star players got a whole lot of time off, quote unquote, because of their injuries. Um, I think I think they're going to be fine. I think they're fresh. Uh, really, I mean. Yes, it, it would be nice to finish series early so that you can get a, uh, a few extra days of rest. Um, but once you're in the playoffs, I mean, you're, you're getting a break between games. And, and I don't know, I, I don't think that that's going to be a real big issue for the Lakers. It wasn't last season when the, when the series did go long, um, although I guess none of them really did. But I don't know. I, I, think that, I think they'll be fine, especially the guys that have been here before multiple times. I think they know exactly how to handle it i think it's kind of a win-win if the lakers do i mean it's a win-win if the lakers win the series if they win say a seven game series it's more reps under their belt you know kind of shaking off some of the the cobwebs for lebron dennis you know these guys that missed a lot of time um and if they 
win a short series, then hey, they get some some more rest and all that stuff, and that's that's great. Uh, the travel shouldn't be too much of an issue in this series. I mean, that's a quick flight um, from LA to yeah. Phoenix, so uh, travel shouldn't be much of an issue. And like you said, there's at least one game or one day off in between games, so uh, that is good. There's no more like back to backs, which the the league decided to give the Lakers two in like the last week, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. I, I don't think it, it really matters in the grand scheme of things too much. Um, it's just a matter of continuing to stay healthy. And you just got – now it's the playoffs. So it, it's just a matter of just take care of business at all costs. Yeah. Plus the other series, the, the Nuggets and Blazers series, uh, which is the one that, you know, they would be playing the winner of, that I would expect is going to go at least six games. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, even, even from like a rest advantage standpoint, I think it's going to be pretty equal. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Sensational on Twitch. I also said Dennis Schroeder needs to play well, too, or Kyle Kuzma. They're very inconsistent. I agree with you. I think they need at least one of those guys, if not both, uh, to play well, and that's kind of why I was torn uh, between the two of them, picking my my X-Factor role player. Um, ideally, you'd like to get both going, but if they can at least get one of those guys, I think that could provide enough support uh, for LeBron and AD. All right. So Jacob says, Hani carries the show. He also said Lakers in three. Uh, Sensational says Lakers in four. Uh, and he also says Hani needs to be hyped up. Uh, I disagree That's with right. you there. Jacob said Hani goaded. This is ridiculous now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jacob also says Lakers in four. Uh, Sensational, thank you uh, for, for the kind words. Uh, and thank you for the follow. Appreciate that. Uh, looking forward to seeing you back in the chat uh, for future shows and talking some more Lakers basketball with you. I uh, appreciate you hopping thank you in. For the, thank you for the extra kind words to me specifically. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so that is it. That is uh, the whole chat caught up. So we've got just a quick summary. Uh, we do think that this is a good matchup for the Lakers, although it's not a slam dunk of a win, uh, of a series win. This is a very good Suns team. Uh, that they're going to be going up against, even if they are very young and very inexperienced when it comes to playoff basketball. So the Lakers need to take this seriously, and if they do, we think that the Lakers will advance. We both said Lakers in six. I switched it to Lakers in five uh, to be different. And our role player X-Factors, Hani cheated a little bit and chose uh, DeAndre Ayton. I said uh, Bridges for Phoenix, and then uh, Hani said Alex Crusoe, and I said Kyle Kuzma for the Lakers. So... That is going to do it for us this time. Uh, we will be back on tomorrow, which is Sunday, uh, depending, I guess, when you're listening to this, uh, after game one, uh, hopefully talking about the Lakers getting the playoffs started on the right foot and uh, taking a 1-0 series lead. So I'm excited. I'm excited for some playoff basketball. I'm excited for kind of a new, fresh matchup as well. Uh, we mm-hmm. Uh, last saw these teams in 2010 um, in the playoffs where the Lakers beat them in six in the Western Conference Finals. And, of course, they went on to beat the Celtics that year. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, it's, a, it's a good omen. Hopefully the Lakers can beat Phoenix again and on their way to a championship. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be, we'll be live after every game uh, here in the playoffs on all three of those, those uh, platforms that we normally are, so twitch.tv slash LakersOutsiders. Uh, facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders and up on YouTube as well so you can uh, like, follow, subscribe on all three of those platforms and you can catch these live shows after games and of course uh, they'll be up on those podcast platforms um, after the fact as well uh, if you want to listen to them um, the next day or whatever so 
Um, as you can see on the screen, you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. You can follow uh, Hani on Twitter just at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. And, uh, yeah, that is going to do it. Uh, we did get one comment. Uh, Josh, we talked at the beginning about the Clippers loss today. We had a good chuckle about that. So, um, <laughs> and if you want us to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it made our day. It made our day. So hopefully the Lakers don't do that and can uh, can uh, get off get the playoffs started the right way. So we're gonna sign off. Uh, thank you guys so much. So much for those of you that that listened, that watched, and 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 commented in the chat. Always always appreciate that. And um, we will see you guys hopefully uh, Sunday early Sunday evening after Game One. And uh, yeah. So with Hani Amadian, I am Gary Kester with the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out to the, the to that one Shannon Brown uh, almost dunk on Jason Richardson. <laughs>